Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. This is Jocelyn Panita, founder of the Scholarship System, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Tony Guerra, for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from the Des Moines Health and Public Services Building at DMAX Ankeny Campus. Connect with me via Messenger on Facebook at TonyFarmD1, or you can find over 1,200 pharmacy videos at TonyFarmD on YouTube or my website, MemorizingPharmacology.com. Today, we're talking with Jocelyn Panita who is the founder of the Scholarship System, a six-step process that helps families pay for college uh, with scholarships and avoid student loan debt. She's helped families secure over $805,350 in scholarships with her online course. And if you'd include interest, we'd probably get that number over a million dollars. Jocelyn, welcome so much to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we always start off with the same question just to kind of get a baseline, but everyone's leadership road is a little different. Uh, Tell us what you're doing now and how you got there. Sure. So I am now fully focused on the scholarship system where we help families and students figure out how to pay for college, hopefully with as little to zero student loan debt as possible. And it was actually quite an accidental road getting here. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I went to college and I was able to get six figures in scholarships completely paying my way. And so I graduated debt free. Shut the front door. Uh, and <laughs> Six figures. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. No, that's, I love the enthusiasm. So, so that was actually, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought everyone knew how to get scholarships. And so um, that was quite ignorant of me. I had no idea until I graduated college and started seeing all of my coworkers, you know, have these huge debt payments that they were having to make. And of course, you know, because of that, they have way less disposable income and all that stuff. But I went into the corporate finance world. I wasn't doing this straight out of college. Uh, but what I kept <laughs> receiving were phone calls saying, Jocelyn, how did you do this? Because we need money for college. And I started answering them and I realized I sound like a broken record. I'm saying the same thing over and over. And that's when I realized this is a system. It's a process. It's something that that if they just implement the right steps and know the right things to do, the right places to submit and find scholarships, the right you know stories to tell, they can do the same thing. And so I decided to create the scholarship system, which is exactly, you know, it's a course now that students can go through to learn exactly the exact steps that I took. And now that, you know, like you mentioned, a bunch of other students have taken and they've gotten results from it. So, and it's been a wild ride, but it's been, it's been a blast and it's so rewarding. Okay, well, I'm going to try to connect my experience with scholarships here at DMAX. So I'm at a community college in central Iowa. Uh, Each year we have uh, a golf tournament where many of the alumni, many of the local uh, leaders come together. They raise a couple hundred thousand dollars, actually, uh, in scholarships. And we have 35,000 students, yet they only get maybe six, seven, eight hundred applications. So many, sometimes even some some scholarships go unfulfilled or people don't get them. Uh, And the thing I keep hearing from the students is, 
I, I, I'm not going to get that scholarship. I can't get that scholarship because of grades. But when you break it down, it's 50% essay, 25% finances, 25% grades. So tell me some of the misconceptions that some students might have about being able to get scholarships. Because I keep hearing over and over again is, oh, I'll never get that scholarship. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I will say that a lot of parents have the same misconceptions, too. They don't even push their children to apply for the same reasons because they're like, you know, my kid won't get it. They don't have the perfect GPA. So you hit the nail on the head. First and foremost, there are tons of scholarships out there that are not focused solely on GPA or some of them don't even ask. We actually at the scholarship system now, you know, we're giving back. We give out our own scholarship. This was our second year doing it. And we ask for GPA in case we need it for like a tiebreaker, we have yet to use it. We don't even look at GPA. We haven't had to for two years now. Um, so that's just a perfect example of where GPA does not explicitly, you know, qualify you or disqualify you. They're looking for kids that students that are willing to, you know, be worth the investment that are going to take this money and make a difference with it. And if you can show them that with your stories, with your essays, with your involvements, whatever it is, then it can compensate for a lower GPA. Absolutely. And and to go off that, you also kind of hit on a, uh, another common misconception, and that is that, you know, there's a million people applying to these scholarships, but you, you yourself, you've proven, you've said, you know, that only hundreds have applied for this, even though thousands could. And the same thing happened with us. We have two scholarships, one for non-members, one for members only. And the non-members one was shared thousands of times, thousands of times on social media. Can you believe we only got seven applications? No seven. way. And that is seven. Yes, seven and we were giving out, I think, two awards. So in the end, the, the ratio of receiving that was huge. It was huge. Well, I think um, as I'm thinking through this in our listener base, we have kind of three groups. We have the groups of students that are going to be in pharmacy school, so they're in undergraduate, or maybe they're even in high school going to undergraduate. We have graduate students or professional students in pharmacy, and then we have those uh, that maybe have um, – some children that will be going on to school. Uh, so let's be selfish here, and I have three six-year-old daughters, uh, so let me start with the parents first. Um, how can you kindly tell your kids and have them fill out these things? Because I can't imagine myself saying, all right, girls, you guys are 16, it's time to fill out the scholarship applications. They'll say, all right, Dad, we don't want you and Mom to pay for a thing. You, We'll fill out every application we can possibly <laughs> fill out. Um, that, that's how I see it. So uh, tell me how yeah. it might go. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a fair question. And we get parents, you know, where they say that they're like, I don't know if I can get my kid to do this. Um, that is a completely fair, uh, you know, that's a question. That's a very fair question. So that said, we have a few suggestions. Um, first, if financially it makes sense, I actually have a mentor of mine that he pays his kids five bucks for every application that they submit. So to them, they're actually getting a reward every application. He actually started doing this with them when they were, I think it was like 11 and 13 years old. So by the time they become, by the time they hit their junior, senior year, when they should really be focusing on this, they're going to be scholarship machines. <laughs> so, but he, <laughs> awesome. you know, he can afford to throw five bucks. Yeah. 
So financially um, incentivizing it is always a plus. Uh, I've had some parents where they offer, okay, if you can get this much in scholarships, we'll give you this much uh, towards when you graduate, you know, maybe buying a rental property or we'll match you or whatever it is. Um, But also to go off that, the biggest thing that, in my opinion, I've seen for the families that I see success with, they choose a specific amount of time that they are solely focused on scholarships. So I call these scholarship Saturdays or scholarship Sundays. And this is when the family agrees, okay, you know, for an hour or maybe two hours, we're going to sit down and solely focus on scholarship applications. And, you know, mom and dad, they make snacks or whatever it is. And everyone sits down and they sit down and do it together. And, uh, you know, while that absolutely, I know how crazy things are, but that there are a few benefits of doing it this way. First and foremost, if you're talking to your daughters and saying, you know, all right, all right, all right girls, all right, did you apply to scholarships today? And then the next day, you're, did you guys apply to scholarships? And then the next day, did you apply to scholarships? It gets super redundant, but also you're creating this kind of rift between you and them because you're, they'll feel like you're nagging them, right? But if, if instead, you know, Saturday or Sunday, it's designated scholarship time, you can take a break from nagging them Tuesday, you know, the rest of the week because sure. you know you don't need to nag them until that day. So it kind of alleviates uh, some tension, but then of course also it, it gets them in the mindset where they know, okay, it's time for scholarships versus it just feeling like this heavy, constant to-do item that's on their shoulders. Okay, so tell me a little bit about maybe, um, have you had medical school students or pharmacy school or nursing school students, kind of that professional group with healthcare being so big now, um, have you had any of those kinds of scholarships that you've uh, kind of approached or, or have expertise in? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of them is, uh, so my husband is a firefighter and uh, one of his buddies, co-workers, has a, his uh, girlfriend, she's a nursing major and we were just chit-chatting one night when everyone was getting together about what I do and she's like, oh gosh, I would love to get a scholarship. She's nursing. And the next day I sent her a list. Um, I did a little bit of research using, you know, some of our methods and I sent it to her. And then the next time I saw her, she's like, oh yeah, did you know that I got, I think it was like 500 or $900 from it. And I was like, no way. So, um, I actually, now I think about it, I don't even think that's in our, our tally for results because she's not an official student, but that's just a perfect example of, you know, she didn't even think that, and actually her dad, her father makes a decent amount of money. And so she said, she's like, I, I'm not eligible. And that was the conversation we had that night was, no, you'd be surprised that there are scholarships out there if if you're showing that you're dedicated to this profession. And uh, lo and behold, she got money. So absolutely, there are scholarships for these majors. I will say with health professions, they want to know that you're actually going to major in it. So pharmacy, I mean, the, the classes that you guys have to take, oh my, I would never, so actually I always say that if I didn't do business, I would have loved to do pharmacy, but I'm so weak in sciences. That said, you know, nursing, pharmaceutical, any kind of medical field, the classes are tough. And so you will see some scholarships that say you have to be a sophomore or older in college because they're, you know, as a freshman, they're not quite sure if they believe that the student will actually pursue that major after freshman year. But if you make it to sophomore year, you're already way more likely, if you've still stuck with it, you're already way more likely to actually major in it. So that is one thing to keep in mind. 
No, that does make a lot of sense. So we've talked a little bit about the parents and, and you know, getting their kids in and then maybe that professional student or close to professional student. Uh, what about the high schooler? Uh, where does where does it start? And then maybe you can tell me a little bit about scholarship seasons, because you mentioned that and that there's a rhythm to it, which makes sense to me now intuitively. But uh, can you tell me a little bit about how the high schooler would do it and what scholarship season means or what they are? Yes, I would. I love that. So high school students, in my opinion, uh, the best time to start this is junior year. And that's when I started. And, uh, you know, so to, to rewind a little bit, my experience was actually pretty painful for f- trying to find my free ride, which which is why I created the scholarship system, because I didn't want anyone to have to go through what I did. But when I started looking for scholarships, I started my junior year in high school, and I thought I was applying to what were legitimate scholarships, but in reality, they were just scam is a tough word, but they were, you know, very slim chance of actually getting anything from them. I actually have yet to ever meet anyone that has gotten money from these, but they're the ones where it's just, you know, a quick form and you submit your name to a drawing or, you know, it's, it's a sweepstakes scholarship is what I call them. And so as a junior in high school, of course, me, I want to go for the easiest ones at that point. And those were the ones. So, and, and of course, as you could imagine, I didn't get a penny from them. And so I had to kind of figure out, okay, what are legitimate scholarships or not? And and if I didn't start that process earlier, then there's no way I would have gotten the money that I received. Now, so now though, is with the scholarship system or without, there are scholarships that are available for juniors. So that is the time we want them to start applying because also they can see, okay, this scholarship is asking for this kind of involvement or that kind of involvement. Where am I lacking? What areas do I need to build up in? And they can do that. They still have time to do that versus seniors. They, you know, they're kind of under the gun. They're, they're applying for co- college applications and all this other stuff. So to add involvements, extra curriculars that they didn't already have on their plate, that's, that's a, you know, it's something tough to ask. But that said, senior year, that's when scholarship seasons are extremely important. And scholarship seasons, that's not an official term. That's something that I created um, or, you know, that I, I've kind of coined. Sure. But I, I say that there are really three scholarship seasons. You have the fall semester, and this kind of starts August through Christmas break. You have spring, which is your January through April, May. And then you have summer. Okay. So, so, and you know, this is nothing groundbreaking, but the reason that those are scholarship seasons is because so fall, that is when a lot of seniors don't think to look because they're focused on admissions or they think to look, but they don't really focus on actually submitting them because they're so under the gun with admissions. Now, if they were to start junior year, even end of junior year, they could knock out a lot of these applications over the summer kind of before the admissions madness starts. But if they are a senior, in my opinion, fall is some of the it's it's one of the best times to submit applications because there's simply less competition. Now, spring is when everyone actually starts thinking about the bill. So the spring, the, the second season is when you start getting a little bit of a mad rush uh, because everyone starts feeling the burn. They start feeling the pain of having to pay for college. They, they now have in mind what school they're going to, what kind of expenses they're looking at. So that's when competition ramps up. Now, major deadline months, you're looking at October is actually a really big deadline month. Uh, December, January time is a big deadline area. And then April is actually a pretty big one. Now, summer, 
I am seeing more and more. So that third scholarship season of summer, in my opinion, that didn't really exist back when I was doing this. That is something pretty new. So I'm seeing deadlines get later and later. And actually, we make our deadline, uh, I think this year is like the end of July, so that we can give money to students that are looking for those last minute dollars. And so now, fortunately, there are scholarships that are very last minute for that following fall. Uh, But you're also going to deal with everyone rushing to apply. So in my opinion, there's less scholarships during scholarship during the summer season, but there are way more applicants. So again, it comes back to fall, in my opinion, is the best time. But those are the three seasons, if you will. Okay, well, you know, in talking to you, I completely forgot that I, I did get a scholarship going to college, and, and it was completely by accident. My my dad went with me to visit, and we went down, and I, I completely forgot about this, and it was a big one. Uh, I went down with my dad, and, you know, I picked the University of Florida because it was a $15 application, which is, of course, the reason why, you you know, you apply to college. But I picked this $15 application. My, my uncle was in Florida, so I was like, all right, let's just go down there. Um, and I knew that, you know, it was out of my budget. And so, of course, my dad's super chatty. Like, he's talking to everyone. And he's like, well, Tony, why didn't you apply for the honors program? I said, well, you know, you have to have a 3.5 and such and such on your SAT. And I had the SAT, but I didn't have the, the thing. Come to find after lunch, you know, he's gone over to the honors program, gone and talked to them. He said, oh, yeah, this is back when you had printed brochures, no internet, uh, late 80s. And he's, he's like, Tony, that was an or. They made a mistake. So you can be in the honors oh, program. No so I brought you an application. <laughs> so you brought me over the application and then they, you know, they said, hey, you're in because of, you know, such and such. You've gotten admitted to the school. Now you can get admitted to the honors program. By the way, we provide out-of-state tuition waiver for two years. So I completely went oh. from out-of-state to in-state tuition in a lunch. Uh, and I completely forgot about that. That was, you know, I mean, understandably, it was like 25 years ago. But um, yeah, so so tell me a little bit about how on campus might help somebody get a little more of an idea. So, uh, you know, you're looking online and I feel like everybody does everything online. Is there anything, any give getting into like like talking to people? You know, is there a, a process for, hey, we really, my kid really wants to go here or here, but... Um, unfortunately, this one is really, uh, you know, giving a much better package. Any kind of negotiation tips that you've heard of uh, through this, um, through your experience? Oh, I love this question. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Despite the world and today of lack of communication face to face, it does absolutely benefit students to go in and talk to people. Um, so for those, we'll just go through the the groups that we're talking about here. So for high schoolers, they should definitely walk into the guidance office and say, you know, what kind of scholarships do you guys have that have been sent to you? So we still have some committees that are still on the paper method, believe it or not. And they just mail a letter saying, hey, we have these scholarships. If your students want to apply, apply here. And they send it to the guidance office. So high school students should go into the guidance office and ask them, do you have any money I can apply to, apply for? College students can do the same. So, you know, maybe if more college students asked about the scholarship that you mentioned, then there would be more applicants, right? So going into their bursar's office, the financial aid office, and asking about any kind of scholarships, always, that's always worth their time. Even if it's, you know, maybe they're going to be a freshman uh, during orientation, they should go in and ask if they didn't already apply for them. But also as upperclassmen. Now, the other area 
department, if you will, that you can ask is the specific school. So the pharmaceutical school, for example, for me, I didn't realize that until I got into college. And so I walked into, I was a business major. And so I walked into our business advising office and I said, you know, I already talked to the financial aid office. I've gotten what I can from them. Do you guys have any scholarships specific for business students? And sure enough, they did. So that's another place that students can go in and ask is their specific college within the university to see if they have any money, their specific department. And I'm the, they, they maybe it's for sophomores older, but ask now, find out so that you can apply. Um, and then as far as negotiating, this is something that I'm seeing more and more often. There are, so uh, statistics where the number of students to enroll in college. So the population count, removing them the population count is only going to decrease actually the the pool of students that they can get to attend their college and so because of this I think that colleges we're going to start seeing a little bit of a swing to where they're competing for certain students I actually had students of mine that we had sent them back and said university what you got from our university a and see if they'll match it and I haven't necessarily seen matching yet but I have seen them bump up a little bit and try to meet at least in the middle so that is always a conversation worth having now we actually have a really robust uh, blog post on this so they can go to our website our our website's thescholarshipsystem.com and just go to the blog but it's about specifically negotiating tuition and I will say that a lot of universities um, they have a process to to do it and so you don't want to just go in there you know pitchforks flying around you want to go in there respectfully <laughs> and with a game plan yeah, yeah. so uh, you know we would be here for an hour if I was to cover it all but they should definitely go there because we have a step-by-step guide so Okay, great. Well, I know some people are going to want to get in contact with you. What's the best way to reach you? Yeah, that website is the best. So if they go to thescholarshipsystem.com, we have a bunch of freebies. We have a free essay writing guide. I know a lot of students are always terrified about the essays uh, or they're, you know, they don't want to put the time into it. We have an awesome three-step writing method that we teach and it, it makes scholarship essays so much less painful um, and actually way more creative. So we have a free guide on there if they want to download it. We also hold a free webinar, which they can find a link to in there. But really the website is the best place to start because we have so much free information for students and parents. Okay, well, you seem like a really organized person. Just some questions I usually ask at the end, but um, what what's the best daily ritual that you have to kind of keep your work on track, maybe with scholarships, maybe with just life? Oh, okay. So I am a big paper planner person. I have to, I have checklists. I'm a paper person. I cannot do it digitally. So I have a planner that uh, it has on the top, it's the one thing, and it has the the one thing for the day. And just having that one thing that you have to accomplish, you know, some people call it eating the frog, right? Sure. Uh, if you can just figure out what is that one thing that you can do today that will get you, you know, move you along, or or maybe it's the one thing that you've been avoiding doing. Uh, if you could just knock that out, then you can consider it a, a good day. And I try to do that every day. So fortunately, my planner kind of forces me to. But I'd say that's something that helps me a lot. So what's the best career advice you've ever given or received? You've gone from, you know, traditional finance and having a job to now being uh, your own entrepreneur. Uh, what advice do you give out or what advice have you gotten? 
Oh, I love this question. Okay, so I would say, and, and this um, I got from Mitch Matthews. He's phenomenal. Uh, he's he in the town here. Gathering. Yeah, he's in Iowa. He's in Western. He's like 15 miles from here. Yeah, I'm at Ram right now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Small world. So, so he's fantastic. And one of the things he's talked about is a bridge job. And what they say is, what he says is, um, you know, if it gets you from point A to point B, you're crossing a bridge, right? So it, it's getting you somewhere, then you can learn something from that. And just to build off of that, what I say when it comes to career advice for, for myself, and this is even if it's your own business or working for someone else, you can say that you are adding tools to your toolbox. And this is, that's his phrase. If you can say that you're building qualities or experiences or you're learning something that you can use for your, towards your end goal, then you should be there. Um, and, and so, and, and vice versa. Maybe if you don't, if you're in a situation where you're like, oh God, I don't know if this is for me or then try to make it into a learning experience. So ask yourself every day, am I learning something? Am I pulling what I can out of this so that I can get to the next step? And it's the same thing with running a business. It's the same thing with creating a business is, is what I'm working on right now going to help me in the future, whether it's to grow this business or to grow another business or what have you. So, so I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to career is how, what can you do to make sure that you're adding tools to your toolbox? And thank you. Shout out to Mitch Matthews for, for instilling that in me years ago. And I, I still stand by it. It was fantastic advice and I love passing it forward. You obviously inspire people. You're very positive. Uh, just talking to you, I'm like, I could get a scholarship today. You know, I just feel like uh, that, that, that kind of energy, you know, I was like, I could write that essay, darn it. Even though I was an English major, so I enjoy the essay, but I would reject myself based on uh, uh, back in the 80s, they used to count your house or your parents' house as part of, you know, your, your financial thing. And then, so, you know, I rejected myself a lot to my parents' chagrin. But what is it that inspires you? Um, I think it's making a difference. It's understanding what your purpose is. And, you know, when I talk about how much money I'm seeing students get, sure, it's great to say, look at us, it, it works. But more importantly, it is so rewarding to know that they now have less student debt that they have to face when they graduate. I have seen the consequences of debt, student debt and non from people that I love. And I, it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's Fortunately, full majors, I mean, they're, you know, if they pursue a pharmacy degree and, and get a job in it, you and I have talked about this, they're, they're way better off than many students in a sense of salary and being able to pay these. But uh, on the other hand, they have to borrow more. So, but that said, no matter what, it doesn't matter how much you're making. It's, it's awful to see your money go to the, the student, to the banks. Um, and so really it just goes back to understanding my purpose and knowing that I am helping, even if it's just a drop in the bucket, even if it just pays for books this semester, you know, if it's $500, that's something that they didn't have to borrow, that they don't have to pay back plus interest. And that is what gets me up in the morning. Well, I really appreciate you being on the pharmacy podcast. I know that our listeners are going to get so much value out of this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I loved it. Thank you for having me. Okay. If you're interested in being on the Pharmacy Podcast, Pharmacy Future Leaders, contact me on Facebook at TonyFarmD1. Otherwise, we thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders.